Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Matthew 28, and then also Romans chapter 1. So that way you just kind of have an idea that where we're going today. But uh, today we're starting a brand new series called Building a Strong Christian Life, kind of with a little subtitle of Developing a Passion for Spiritual Disciplines. Okay? And the reason why we're teaching on this topic, um, and it's in our connect group um, kind of curriculum thing that we're, we're wa- walking through, is because um, we really do need to have a passion for spiritual disciplines in our life. We really do. He, this is what Paul says, okay? In 2 Timothy, he's encouraging Timothy. Uh, this is verse 15. He says to Timothy, be diligent. Okay, that, that's an important word. Be diligent, or two words, whatever you want to say. To present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So this, this word, this Greek word for be diligent is a spadazo, which means to enthusiastically exert, exert oneself or strain every muscle, every nerve towards a steady pursuit of someone or something. It's like being devoted to it. And so here Paul, he's, he's getting this kind of a cross. You know what? Timothy, in your life. Now, it's not just to Timothy. Okay, this is also to the early church, and it's also to you and I. So you could put yourself in that category. That he says, you know what? What you need to do is you need to, to, to thoughtfully strategize, to, to figure out, to have this kind of zealous action to get into God's Word and to study it. To begin to to look at it so that as you do, then you will begin to see measurable fruit in your life. So, I mean, just make it simple. Study it. Study the Word. Get in there, right? And begin with your whole heart to say, okay, God, I want to know more about you. What is that going to take? Well, first, it's going to take me just reading your Bible, right? And, and, and listen, and not doing it fast. It's really taking the time. You're asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, let me see what you want me to see. Let me hear what you want me to hear. Put it down within my heart. Taking it and then reading that, but then also in, it begin to investigate. Well, what does that mean? What, is that, what does that look like? And if you need resources or tools, then you know what? I'm more than happy to help you with that. But see, we've got to be diligent to just learn God's Word, right? By studying God's Word. We just got to do it. Because really, over the years, um, you know, people have become more and more Bible illiterate. They really have. You know, they just kind of like, you know, kind of breeze through. Well, yeah, I got saved. Great. And, and really, if you look back, and, and some of us, you know, obviously are older like me and, and stuff. If you look back, maybe even like prior years, like the Bible was woven in 
to kind of our, into our, our systems or into our culture. But now it's like way offline. It's like gotten totally out of whack. You know, you've got liberal things. You've got all kinds of weird, different stuff going on. The enemy has seeped in. But, but a, long, a while ago, in the back, like I said, man, it's been kind of what was woven into our culture. It was woven into who we were. People went to church regularly. People, you know, lived by the principles of God's word. Now it's a free-for-all. And so we've got to understand that we've got to get to this point where, man, we are developing a root system of God's word in our life. There's got to be a root system. But see, oftentimes there's not. And it's most evident, I feel anyways, it's most evident when you, when you face a storm in your life, when you face a struggle in your life. What happens? Do you fall apart? Because there's no root system. Kind of like, you know, the trees, when the, when the winds come. And man, you know, it's just beating hard and all of a sudden you see trees down. Well, either a couple things have happened. There is, was not a good root system. Or that tree's root system rotted out. Because it wasn't getting the proper nutrients to it. Same thing with us. We've got to get the proper nutrients of God's word into our life and into our heart to develop this root system so that when the storms come, because they will come, we are able to walk through it with joy. We are able to walk through it with a confidence that our God is bigger than any situation in our life and that he's going to see us through. But see, that, that, that the challenge is up to us. We've got to do it. So the question is, are you up to the challenge? And so the intent of these, there's going to be 10 messages and, 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 and it's, it's to build us, to build us up, to help you, encourage you to build yourself up, to have a strong Christian life. And really looking at it, it's when you look at the early church, the New Testament church, they embraced spiritual disciplines in their life. They, they embraced it. And when they incorporated it into their life, then the Holy Spirit was able to strengthen and able to, to shape them and sustain them and even satisfy them where they were walking in what Jesus had promised, the life that he had promised. Did they face situations? Sure. Did they get thrown in jail at times? Sure. Did they have things that happened in their families or in their life? Sure. But you know what? They were able to walk through it with joy. They were able to walk through it with praise on their lips, knowing that their God was bigger than any given situation in their life they were experiencing. So we're going to study these disciplines. But let me, let me tell you this. They're not going to be like in-depth because each one could really be their own series. They could really, I mean, you could spend weeks on each one of these things. But... As a teaching team, and, and, and Pastor Gill was kind of leading the charge on this, he wanted us to be able to look and take a look at each of these 10 and begin to, to, to look at them and say, okay, these are, are some of these spiritual disciplines that we feel are very important. And then to use that connect group time to be able to help develop and deepen it even more. All right? So we're going to examine them to discover what they are, why they are essential, and how we can ignite a passion 
that allows the Holy Spirit to shape them into our lives. Now, you can look at it from a practical way if, if you want to, to kind of understand it. But building a strong Christian life is kind of like following a recipe. How many have ever cooked anything before? Or baked anything before? Or done anything before? How many have done it by a recipe? You know, instead of the crazy people who just wing it. You know, have you ever seen that before? Like, you know, I remember my grandmother when, when I was young and, and I was really into cooking. I, at one point, I, I didn't want to listen to Jesus. I didn't want to listen to the Holy Spirit. I wanted to be a chef. And so I thought, okay, man, so I'm, I'm grandma, how do you do it? How do you, I don't know. Just, you know, she throws a little bit of this and a little bit in there. Didn't help me at all, right? Well, you know, God had other plans. Praise the Lord for that. But, but the thing is, is you got some that just kind of wing it and go for it, Right? But then there's others who, it, it, it's like, man, no, you got to follow the recipe. you got to put in the correct proportion of, of ingredients. Because if you get the incorrect portion of ingredients, it could be very untasteful or very not even useful at all, right? And you, and you got to follow the specific instructions. You don't want to do this before you're supposed to do that and all of these, these things. Well, it's kind of in the same token, Right? that these spiritual disciplines are kind of ingredients in our life to help us build our relationship with Jesus. And so our job is to be diligent, as Paul said, right? By pursuing God's word, by studying it, and then allowing the Holy Spirit to develop these areas in our life. And you know what? In some ways, we might need it because we maybe don't remember some of them. Maybe they're not fully developed in our life. And so we come up with like kind of the, the, the two things to help you in that. And that is our connect groups, right? Because we believe that spiritual growth happens in community. Okay. I'll say it again. We believe that spiritual growth happens in community as well. Right? Not only are you just reading the Bible and getting into it and studying, but man, Sometimes it's great. You think of the Acts church, right? 242. What, what did, what did the, the early church do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. They broke bread. They fellowshiped together. And they prayed together. That doesn't sound like doing it on your own, does it? Because some might think, well, wait, 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 Pastor Scott. My relationship with, with Jesus is, is personal. Well, yeah, it is personal. But it was never meant to be that way, right? And Acts 2.42 gives us that example. That's what the early church did. We have to start living like the early church. So it's true, but it doesn't mean that our relationship with Jesus has to be private. It does not have to be private. And so that's why it's just so important for us to get involved in church. Right? To come to a connect group by, by you know, serving together or, or being together so that we can begin to, to find ourselves encouraging one another and praying for one another and growing together um, as, a, as a team. Because who, who doesn't? Even me. Who doesn't like to be strengthened by another believer? You know, I get into conversations with people. And there are times when, man, they, they come out with a word from the Lord that just strengthens me, right? That I maybe was being not, not hearing from God. 
but I walk away from it because I'm encouraged. Oh man, God's so good. But see, what happens is sometimes we just kind of try to isolate ourselves and don't really want anybody to be, you know, involved in my life because, man, then they're going to find out what the real stuff is all about and really, you know, how imperfect we all are. But see, that's when, man, that's, that's just the lie of the enemy. The enemy wants you to be isolated. He wants you to be alone. But as I said, early church, and they were like just, hey, come on, let's go. Let's do this thing together. Okay, so I, I just want to encourage you, if you have the opportunity, right, find some people, get in a connector, or find some people that you can begin to connect with and talk about. And then also we have this, I'm going to borrow this real quick, thanks, we also have this workbook for you that you can go through, so you can take notes during our messages and write things down. Then you also, it's got like a ton of resources and materials in here, it's got scriptures that you can look up that we didn't even, I'm not even saying there's just a bunch of resources. There's an appendix back there for things for you to study and to read further and deeper. And so make sure that you get one of these. Make sure. And if you're an electronic person, like Heather had said earlier, Pastor Heather, there's a QR code, right? Put it on there. You can download it onto your phone or, or somehow figure out a way to put it on your computer and use it. Okay? We, they spent hours putting this together. Use it. It's just another great resource, okay? So that's just going to lead us right here to our very first um, ingredient, okay? Our spiritual disciplines and a, to a strong Christian life. And that is our title of the message, A Passion for Souls. A Passion for Souls. Let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, ignite a fire in us to have a passion for souls. Amen. Now, you might think, okay, well, that's kind of weird to start there, right? You're talking spiritual disciplines. And here you are, Pastor Scott, starting with a passion for souls. Because, you know, if you, if you go online or you listen to a podcast or, or if you were to hear a teaching or a series of teachings, usually it would not be that. It would be more fundamental things that would help you to get to the point where you would have a passion for souls. Would you, would, would you understand that? You would agree with that? But here's the thing. We put this one on top of the list to emphasize that building a strong Christian life requires each one of us, an understanding of God's view of life on earth versus eternity. In order to calibrate our perspective and our focus. Because if we don't understand the sanctity of human life over all other living things, right? I mean, something that this, this culture is really missing, right? If, you, if you're just even aware of the news and all of the, the debates that are going on with pro-life and no pro-life and all of this garbage. Man, we, we're in a culture that doesn't even value human life anymore. And that's a shame. That is a complete and total shame. But see, when we allow that kind of thinking to get in, then man, it just kind of messes up everything. Like our personal relationships, our, our political and cultural things. It just kind of skews and distorts this, this beautiful image that God created man to be in. It just kind of makes it all kind of, you know, messes it up. It just kind of clouds it. 
Because we are all created in the image of God. Every single person that's ever been born is created in the image of God and equipped with a spirit that will live forever in either heaven or hell. That's truth. That's reality. Because both are very real. Heaven is real and hell is real. You know, the, the thing that, that I find amazing too is that, you know, Jesus taught on the subject of hell three times as much or more than that of the subject of heaven. And when he did that, what did it do? It created inside of the disciples, it created inside of the early church to have a passion for souls, right? The disciples went out and they preached the gospel. They came back and said, Wow, look, look what, what God had done. Look, the signs and miracles and wonder, even the, the, the demons were subject because they carried the importance of this, this passion for souls because it's, it's, you're dealing with people, their eternal life. It's either heaven or hell. And we've got to realize that. I mean, we even have people in our own lives, in our own families, that we have to look at and have a passion for their soul. And not just say, oh, God, I get so tired of them. I don't even never want to talk to them. It's just, ah. No, we have to look at it and say, okay, God, change my heart. Let me, let me have a passion for their soul. And whatever that means, whatever that takes, let me, let me jump in. Let me, let me do whatever that, that is. Because really, in this life, the Bible tells us that our life is really short. In James chapter 4, verse 14, it tells us this. And this is in the New Living Translation. It says, I'm sorry, I messed it up here. Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while. And then it's gone. Let me read that again. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. See, sometimes we just think, man, our life is so, so, so important. All about us. We're going to live for long periods of time. It's, it's just going to be all about us. But man, in the scope of eternity, in the scope of all of it, man, it is like a morning fog. I mean, you ever driven through a morning fog before? Right? You drive through it. And then you come back 10 minutes later and boom, it's gone. And that's kind of like what our, our life is like in some ways. So the shortness of life here in, in light of the reality of everyone spending eternity somewhere, right? In either heaven or hell, should make the great commission that Jesus gave, a, gave to the disciples and to us really come to life. If we were to look at it. In the proper perspective, it should ignite a passion for the good news of, of salvation that, that Jesus, God's Son, His only begotten Son, came and died on the cross to forgive us of our sin, was resurrected again, and now if you would put faith in Him, you shall be saved. Right? It's so important. See, Jesus commanded in Matthew 28, 
19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That right there, if we, if we really take Scripture as true, that should ignite something in us. Because Jesus said it. Because Jesus said, you know what? We need a passion for souls. And then it also really should help us to evaluate kind of where are we at? Evaluate what are we making a priority in our life? You know, of our time, our, our, our resources, our energies. Because to Jesus, this was important. Again, if it wasn't important, he would have never said it. Right? He just would have never said it. But because he said it, we should be able to look at it and say, whoa, this is important. This is something that I need to be engaged in. And so we have to look at it and say, okay, well, am I, am I focused on eternal things or just temporary things? And really, because our life is like a morning fog or a vapor, we should be really pressing into the eternal things. More, right, than the temporary things. Because one day, if you think about it, all of us are going to stand before God. Christian, non-Christian. And we're going to have to give an account of what we did with His Son, Jesus. And then we're going to have to give an account of how do we live this life out? This, this vapor, this, this morning fog. How did you live it out? And, and it's, man, it, to me, it's like, wow, that is such a heavy weight. But there's grace involved, right? There's grace involved. But it still should be a heavy weight to us to say, you know what? I want to stand before my Savior. I want to stand before my God and Him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You did the things that, man, I, I asked you to do. You followed through with the Word of God. You did those things that Jesus proclaimed for you to do as a disciple, as a believer. And so are we about our Father's business? Or are we about our own? Right? I mean, Jesus said in Luke 2, I must be about my Father's business. Are we about the Father's business? Or are we really about our own business? Taking care of our own little kingdom, taking care of our own little stuff, and everything that's wrapped in it? Or are we looking beyond our little thing and saying, well, no, Lord, I, I, I want to look towards eternal things. I want to be planting seed. I want to be doing whatever it is you want me to do. I want to be led by the Spirit. Because re recognizing that, you know what, in the, part of the Father's business is you and I having a passion for souls. You and I preaching the gospel to win, people's, to win people to Jesus. That's part of the Father's business, right? And Jesus said, I must be about my Father's business. Did, did, did Jesus talk to people about who he was? Yeah. He, he had this, this understanding. And so we must be about the Father's business. So let me give you three important aspects of the Great Commission. The first one is the command. Is the command. Matthew 28, 18 through 19 said, and Jesus came, and like I said, you could do a whole series on 
the gospel and, and witnessing and evangelism and all of that. But like I said, we're just kind of trying to break these into, into small pieces in order to you know, get us going here. But it says, Matthew 28, 18 through 19. And when Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, before we go any farther, we have to understand this is not a suggestion like many people think it is. This is not, okay? It's not, hey, when you have the time, when you're feeling comfortable, when, you know, it's not that. It's just, hey, I want you to go, right? And this word go in the Greek is best translated, get this, go and be constantly going. Go and be constantly going. Like, this is something that should be a lifestyle in you. That every time you have, or have people in front of you, you're, you're, you're listening, you're being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And you're, you're ready to, 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 to give a testimony of what God has done, who Jesus is, the gospel to people. So Jesus didn't just, you know, he, he, Jesus was not only giving this command to the early church, and to those who um, would go on like, you know, short-term mission trips, he was giving it to everybody. It was his directive. It was God's directive that every Christian develop a passion for sharing the gospel. Every Christian. And that is even beyond the, the, the quiet people or the, 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 the shy people. See, he knows your character. He knows who you are. He knows kind of how you operate. Sharing the gospel is not just for loud, boisterous people who, who have never, you know, met someone that's not a friend. Hopefully I said that right. You know what I mean? There are certain people that you just know that, man, they're like friends to everybody. Everybody's a friend. But then there's people who are quiet. And maybe, man, that, I got to get out of my, oh, man, to get out of my comfort zone and do that? Oh, my God. But see, that's the thing. He already knows each one of us and our personalities, yet he still says, you have the ability to go and keep going when it comes to sharing the gospel. No matter what your personality type is, no matter what you score on the whatever, that Ingra, or I don't know even know what it's called, but that weird thing that they, they talk about now. Um, whatever that is, you have the ability to go and keep on going at all times. You have that ability. And see, he expects you and I to do that. He expects you and I to have this lifestyle so that when we hit the, our, our feet on the ground, when we wake up from and, and, and get out of our bed from that moment on until we lay back down, we have the ability. He expects us to be aware and, and, and confident and, and knowing that, you know what? I've got to share the gospel. I got to tell someone about Jesus today. And even if that breaks me out of my comfort zone, even if that gets me to the point where, oh my gosh, I don't really know how to do this, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here, even though I don't really know how to do this, you do it anyways. That's what he expects. See, we got to live by what he expects, 
not by house rules, right? Like I said last week, house rules are the ones that you make up on the fly when you're playing Monopoly or you're playing another game. You're like, oh yeah, uh, banker, you know, whatever. What? That's not in the rules. That's not, not how you play. No, that's house rules. See, a lot of times we, we apply our life from God's word to house rules. <laughs> and we say, well, yeah, yeah, that doesn't really work for me. Well, he says, yeah, but what are you going to do? Are you going to do house rules or are you going to do my rules? Okay, I need to do your rules, right? And the, and the other thing about it is when you go, and again, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but when you go and you begin to share with, with family and with friends and neighbors and coworkers and people that you meet at Walmart or wherever, right? God promises something. He promises his divine power will show up. If you'll stretch yourself to go. Right? So it's important that we go. Let me, let me give you a support verse that's in our workbook. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. And I, I just want you to listen to this one and, and follow along. But it says, so um, it says, if I warn the wicked saying, you are under the penalty of death. Okay, so God's talking. Okay, God's talking. It says, you are under the penalty of death, but you, who is he talking to? Yeah, he's talking to us. But you fail to deliver the warning. They will die in their sins. And I will hold you responsible for their death. That's, right? That's, that's rough. He says in 19, if you warn them and they refuse to repent and keep on sinning, they will die in their sins. But here, here's, here's the great part. But you will, have obey, you will have saved yourself because you obeyed me. <sighs> right? That's, I mean, you look at that, that's the importance of having a passion for souls and sharing the gospel of Jesus. God takes it very seriously. And he's saying, man, you know what? Even if you warn them, even if you share the gospel, even if you plant a seed and they refuse the seed, that's on them. You did your part. That's what we got. We got to do our part. We got to do our part. Which leads us to the second aspect of this, this important aspect of the Great Commission. The assignment. The assignment. Verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So did you see the assignment here? Make disciples of all nations. I love that all nations because that means no one is excluded. Right? Anywhere you go, anytime you see somebody, you got to remember they're not excluded. Right? Church is not a country club. It shouldn't be. Church should be for everyone to come. Everyone to, to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. 
So our assignment is to make disciples. So um, how do we do that? Okay, well, we're going to divide the assignment up into two parts to clarify how to accomplish the command. Okay, remember, it's a command, not a suggestion. Okay, so the first part gives us what to do, and that is to make disciples. So what's a disciple? Well, the Greek here tells us that the making disciples is, it's described the process of helping another become a pupil, a learner, a real follower of Christ. Somebody who is a real follower of Christ. And then the second part of that assignment is how to do it. Right? We're supposed to baptize them and teach them. And that Greek word baptismo, baptiz, baptiz, man. anyways, baptizo literally means to immerse. Okay, a lot of us have heard this. It means to immerse. And but, but here's the cool thing about it. This means then that the evangelism that just took place was effective. That, I mean, think about it. He said, you know, make disciples, right? And he says, part of that is the evangelism that you do when they accept Christ, then you know what? It was successful. It was successful. And so that person then, what happens, right? They, they receive Christ, and then they outwardly show by getting immersed in water. Their body is immersed in water as a sign of their commitment to follow Christ. And then that commitment should then lead to a steady intake of teaching, a steady intake of Bible study, a steady intake of reading God's Word. Right? And this word um, teaching is didasco, which means to inform, instruct, demonstrate truth. So it, it, it gives us like a, a, a picture of just this kind of a wide impartation of knowledge when it comes to God's Word. Not just little tiny things, but man, the whole scope of God's Word. The fullness of it. That's why it's so important to study. That's why it's so important to be diligent. Because we're getting the full scope of God's Word. See, if God only wanted us to have the New Testament, He would have just gave us the New Testament. If he only wanted us to have the Old Testament, he would have just gave us the Old Testament. But see, he gave us the full scope of this picture, this beautiful picture, right? This, this love note to all of us. He gave it to us, right? And so I was thinking about it, and, and, and in some ways, it's someone saying, hey, walk with me in this journey as I follow Christ. Talk with me about the things God is speaking to you, right? And, and sharing with you. Or let me help you with the questions that you have. And then stay connected. Watch how you do it. Watch how I do it. To me, that, that, that's kind of discipleship. Walk with me. Talk with me. Watch how I do it. See, you got to have people in your life that you can walk with, you can talk with, and you can watch how they do it. No matter where you're at in your relationship with Jesus, you need a person like that. 
to help you grow in your discipleship. That's part of what the church is supposed to do too. That's why it's important to come to church. You're here at church, so I'm not you know, harping on you guys. But I'm just saying that's why it's important to come to church. Because you're walking with people. You're talking with people, hopefully. Right? And not just beelining out of here really quick. Oh, Pastor Scott was really long today. I'm out of here. No, that you're actually talking to people as well. And then you're watching how they do it. Right? I mean, sometimes, you know, for an example, you know, when you get saved, you don't automatically, and maybe this is a bad example, I don't even know, but you don't automatically become a great prayer person when you get saved. Like, you don't even know what to say. Like, you're trying to figure that out. But you hang around long enough with prayer people, guess what? You're going to grow. You're watching how they do it. And all of a sudden, you're going to start growing and understanding, and the Holy Spirit's going to start downloading stuff in you. Same thing with, man, you know what? I, I don't really get the concepts of God's Word sometimes. Well, start hanging around some people who talk about God's Word. And all of a sudden, it'll start kind of growing. But see, that's the discipleship process. Walk with me, talk with me, watch how I do it. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. Amen? What did they do? They walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus because you know they ask crazy questions sometimes. Like stuff that you're like, you guys are idiots. Maybe that was a bad word to say, but you know what? But see, I probably would have been in the same boat. So I, I shouldn't have said it. Sorry, kids in the back. Um, I probably shouldn't have said that, but you know what I mean? Just because we're not getting the concept of it. But see, that way you can talk with someone. They talked with Jesus and asked him questions, and he revealed it to them. And then they watched how he did it. They watched how he laid hands on the sick. Right? They watched how he spoke to those in authority over him in the natural. Right? Because that's a difference. But see, he, they spent time with him. They followed this pattern. Walk with me, talk with me, watch how I do it. So, that leads us to our third important aspect of the Great Commission. Like I said, we're not really going in depth, but man, there's so much to go in depth, but you can't. Okay? The third is the promise. The third is the promise. Matthew 28, verse 20. It says um, this, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. He says, so be it. So this promise is, and lo, I am with you always, right? Now, lo, because you look at that and you go, lo, wow, okay, what's that? Well, lo in, in the Greek is used to express a person's amazement about something. So Jesus was trying to get something across. You need to understand that if you go and keep on going and you begin to share the gospel... Man, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing because I'm going to show up. And there's going to be power available in this process. So basically, if I was to paraphrase it, it would be like, wow, this is just amazing. This is Jesus talking. Wow, guys, this is just amazing. You've got to get this down. If you go, I will show up and work through you even to the end of the world. It wasn't just for the disciples. It wasn't just for the early church. It's for you as well. 
for each one of us. I'm pointing a finger at myself too, recognizing that, you know what, if I would just go and do what he's asking me to do and have a passion for souls, man, he says he'll show up. I think sometimes we look and go, well, man, why don't I have any power in my life? I don't, why don't I have this going in my When was the last time you witnessed to somebody? When was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? When was the last time you did something like that? Because he promised, if you do that, power's coming. It's going to show up. And you know what? There might be a sign. There might be a miracle. There might be a wonder. All of this. But see, he said, I mean, we just got to realize he said this. That low belongs to those that go. The low belongs to those who go. So we've got to engage in what triggers the power. We've got to engage in what triggers the power. We need a passion for souls. And we need to go with the gospel to those around us. Right? We need to snatch people out of a hellish eternity into a heavenly eternity. So if we want to experience this power, then you know what? In our lives, um, I'm just going to give you a little more. We, we have to understand that, you know what? We've got to get past the problems that block the promise from happening in our life. We have to, we have to get past those, right? And for most, it's, it's fear. There's this, this fear about sharing our faith and the gospel. But, but see, this is where we need to get past that. We need to get past that. We need this heart. Um, take to heart what the Apostle Paul encouragement, encouragement is. He says this in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Now, this is supposed to be encouragement. Okay, so I want you to grab that. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Right? Didn't we just say that? The gospel of Christ is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also to the Greek. Again, man, it is for every soul. And this, this, this word power is the Greek word dudamas. It's where we get the word dynamite. So the gospel is the dynamite of God. Think about that. It's the dynamite of God. It also, though, it also describes an advancing power of an army in full force. Okay, so, so it, there's another part to it, too. Which means then when anyone shares the gospel, God's power suddenly appears on the scene. It appears on the scene like a mighty army moving into enemy territory. Right? To establish salvation in one's life. Salvation is sozo. That means, you know what? It's, it's deliverance on every level. But see, when you take and you begin to share the gospel, you begin to share your testimony, you begin to tell people about Jesus and the power of God shows up and it's like an army coming in and it's going to take territory. And like I said, there might be some people that are like, no, but you did your part. You did what God asked you to do. So kind of what's, what's, what's the problem here then, right? Because if we, if we have power and we're supposed to go and do it and God said he'll back it up every time we do it, then you know there's, there's times where, we, where we, just, we just don't do it. But see, one is fear, right? 
But, but see, a lot of times we have something that Paul says he is not. And that's ashamed. That's ashamed. And in the Greek, it means to feel embarrassed, red-faced, or humiliated. But see, we shouldn't be ashamed. We should be like Paul. But, but listen, Paul was diligent to be in the Word, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in his life, and, and not playing by his house rules. And so I'm just going to give you a run through, really three quick, quick things. Some feel unequipped to share the gospel, right? Well, why do you feel unequipped? Well, it's probably because you're still immature in regards to Scripture. You feel kind of just, man, I, I, I don't really know. Others might be just insecure, right? There's others of us that might, might kind of feel insecurity issues in our life, and, and man, we're just insecure. Ah, I, don't, I don't really know. And then there's others who, man, they have been equipped, yet they haven't chose to step out. And so I, I don't know if that, that resonates with any of you. But, it, but, it, but it's something, something for us to think about. Here, here, here's the truth for us in Galatians 2.20. It says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. That's what we should be saying. <laughs> right? It's no longer I who live. Although, man, that's hard. Man, our flesh is like, no, I live, I live, I live. But Paul said, no, no, no. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So who's living? Who's taking up residency more? The flesh or Christ that lives in me. Another thing is some are afraid how others will respond, right? I mean, let's be honest. People might not be thrilled with you sharing the gospel to them. They just might not, right? They may disown you. They may reject you. They may separate themselves from you. But man, you got to think even Jesus and the disciples encountered that. But they didn't give up. They didn't stop and say, oh, okay, well, I guess that's not going to work anymore. So never mind. No, these guys shared and 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 to the point where, man, they were killed for it. But see, that's like radical. But see, we got to be radical. Right? We got to be radical. I mean, and we live in a free country. Right? One where you can share the gospel. Not saying everyone will receive it, but you're, you don't have to worry about, oh, man, are they going to show up my door or knock on my door? And, they're, and they're, are they going to, you know, kill me? But man, other countries, they're dying for their faith. Man, we got it easy. So what, what's stopping us from taking steps? I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself, so don't, don't, don't feel condemnation on yourself. I'm like, ah, oh, Pastor Scott's will be in heaven. I'm, I'm preaching to myself as well. And this, this, is, this, is, this is what Paul wrote. And I believe it's encouraging as well. It says, I planted, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 9. It 
It says, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. It's important that the seed was planted. Right? He says, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. So you know what? Your job is to start planting. Right? Your job, you might be to water. And your job might be to get the increase. Right? Where someone is saved. That you get to pray with them and lead them to Jesus. But see, he says, you know what? First and foremost, man, we got to start planting the seed. And it could be a fast one. You could plant the seed, water it, and get them saved. Boom. Done. But for some people, it might take a little bit of a while. And so our job then is to plant the seed, is the water, maybe get the increase. You know, I think about John 16, it's where, where the Holy Spirit is like the prosecuting attorney. And he's the one convicting, leading people to Jesus. But see, we got to put something out there for him to begin to bring the conviction into people's lives. And he lead draws people to Jesus. It's not your good looks. It's not your eloquence of speech. It's not that you have every Bible word precisely, exactly the way it's supposed to be. No, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that draws people to Jesus. And kind of the last one, um, some have not experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple of scripture. Acts chapter 4, verse 21. It says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. When was the last time you prayed that? Give me great boldness in preaching your word. Whatever that looks like today. He says, Stretch out your hand with healing power. May, uh, may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Not through your name, but through the holy name of Jesus. I'm doing this for Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached or shared, right? The word of God with boldness. Boldness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To me, that's such a powerful, powerful verse because Jesus promised that the infilling of the Holy Spirit will empower every single believer to be an effective witness. Man, you want, you want, you want, to, you want to grow in your ability to witness? Then begin to ask the Holy Spirit. Right? to baptize you, to give you, give you everything you need. Man, I hope your house shakes when that happens. Because boldness will overcome you. And really, to be my witness is a picture of you standing in the witness stand. You're sworn in. 
I'll tell the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. Right? You're, you're testifying to those around you of the goodness of God. You're testifying of what Jesus has done on the cross for them and for you. My life was this way, now it's this way. Man, you want a piece of that. I mean, and, and think about this. Before the day of Pentecost came, the disciples would hide behind old, uh, closed doors. But once the Holy Spirit came upon them, what happened? They took it to the streets. Right? No longer were they hiding behind doors anymore. They took it to the streets. And they were like, yeah, let's get this on. Let me tell you, right? Peter preaches. 3,000 are saved. The, 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 you know, the guy who you know, had all these kind of mess ups sometimes, right? Man, the Holy Spirit came upon his life. And man, he was a bold witness. He, he spoke of the truth. And so it's just important for us to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's important. And if you want more in depth to that, we can talk some more. But let me leave you with this one scripture as we wrap up. Proverbs 11.30. I just want you to listen, but I think it's really important. This is in the Amplified Version. He says, and he who is wise. How many want to be wise? Hopefully everyone raises their hand. I see you back there, Hezekiah. Want to raise your hand? He's like, yeah, okay, I'll raise it. Okay. It says, and he who is wise captures and wins souls for God. He gathers them for eternity. So if we go and keep on going and we begin to share and witness the gospel, guess what? You are wise. Scripture said it, not me. You're being wise. You're, 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 you're doing what God's asking you to do. You're being wise because really it is about heaven and hell where people are going to spend their eternity and re- recognizing, you know what, man, I, I am so on fire for souls that I, I want to see your soul. I want you to come with me to heaven. I, it's going to be the greatest. It's going to be, because quite frankly, I've thought about this at times in my life. But quite frankly, what happens when we are all, I don't know if we're going to be standing in a long line and all that. But what happens if we see friends or people that we know and we never shared the gospel with them? And they get up there and they go, oh, sorry, your name's not written in their lab's book of life. And they look at you. Dude, why didn't you tell me? Why, why, did, why, did you, why didn't you share this with me? That's sobering. You know, that's really sobering. And so it's important that we go. So let me give you three steps as I wrap this up. Really quick for you this week. You know what? Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a passion for souls. Okay? During this week, just ask the Holy Spirit. Give me an app and a passion for souls. Give me opportunities to share the gospel. Ask the Holy Spirit for boldness. Say, give me boldness to share my faith. And then when the Holy Spirit does that, does his part, then just the third part is do it. 
right? Just do it. Be a doer of the word. Share your faith. Because you have given, you have been given every tool, every resource. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you to be a witness to those around you. And again, even if they don't receive it, even if they say, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want any of that, get away. You did your part. You did your part. And you can walk away and say, well, man, I'll just keep praying for them. And, 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 and see what happens. But he's giving you everything you need to have a passion for souls. We just got to jump in. We just got to jump in. Bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for our opportunity to hear God's word today. And Holy Spirit, I ask that one, you would breathe a passion for souls into each one of us today beyond our scope, beyond our even our understanding. You would breathe that passion in and then you would breathe a boldness within us to get beyond our fear, to get beyond, you know, feeling insecure or maybe just not even feeling like we know enough. We know enough because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so Jesus, I, I, and Holy Spirit, I just thank you for imparting that into our people to have a passion for souls this morning. I thank you for being with each one of us throughout this week. And I thank you, Lord, that we are doers of the word. Not hearers only. But man, I just make that declaration over our people today that we are doers of the word. And so when he says, go and make disciples, I thank you that we are people who go and make disciples because of what you're burning inside of us. And so I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.